0: Welcome to Corporate Cornucopia, the podcast that's overflowing with business insights, entrepreneurial tips, and stories from the front lines of today's economic landscape. From the studios of the Cuyreville Chamber of Commerce, I'm Mark
1: Heiberger, your host. And I'm Noel Fenderson, your co-host. We are back this week with Brett Heinrich. Brett has spent over 13 years in education wearing many different hats, from social studies teacher to assistant principal. Now he has found a career in helping others discover their career path. Carverville Schools was recently awarded a 2 million dollar grant to develop an aviation program. As supervisor of career and technical education for Carverville Schools, Brett is in charge of helping this program take off. The Carverville Chamber of Commerce is also working with Brett to bolster Carverville Schools' agriculture department and create hands-on ways for students to experience horticulture at work. Today, we talk with him about the future of technical education and how it benefits our local community. All right, Brett, thank you for, for being with us here today on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, thank you. And uh, what's, uh, what's it like uh, having a career where you're, you're helping uh, students find themselves and find the, their career path?
2: Yeah, I, you know, the first word that comes to mind is rewarding. Uh, and I think that's why most um, educators get into education is to get that to have that light bulb go off in front of you when a student realizes something. Um, you know, my previous roles as an assistant principal, as a teacher, got to see that in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, but seeing it in terms of students finding both an aptitude and interest for a career field is, is pretty rewarding. Uh, it's also refreshing at the same time. So those are the two, uh, words that come to mind. It's, it's refreshing to see, um, you know, we do want students to, to, you know, everybody wants to go to a four-year school and that's kind of the perception, but, uh, beyond that, what do you want to do once you go to that four-year school? What do you want to do once you graduate um, college? And trying to help them figure that path out before they get to that point where they're spending thousands of dollars <laughs> just to figure out what it is they actually want to do, helping them find that before uh, they start spending those those dollars. Um, you know, that, that's that's a pretty rewarding feeling.
0: I know one of the things that I myself have thought, and when when I meet people who find out of all the great things that are going on at Cairville High School in terms of career technical education and career pathways. I find that so many people, parents, and even people who don't even have children in the schools will say, wow, I wish I could go back to school and and do some mm-hmm. of the, the cool programs and things that, that you all have. Do you, do you sort of hear the same thing and, and recognize the, the same thing because it has come so far in the last 10 or 20 years? Oh, yeah. I think that about
2: myself. Uh, I'd love to be able to go back and, uh, for example, uh, we uh, just ordered the, the uh, flight simulators through our aviation program, which I know we'll talk about, but um, for our eighth grade kids in their STEM classes. Uh, and there's a training that they, um, that the company Redbird will provide us on our in-service day on the 27th. And we were kind of thinking about who should go through the training. Should it just be the eighth grade STEM teachers Uh, But then because of demand, all these STEM teachers are going to be going through the training, even though they might not have, you know, uh, you know, day to day usage of those flight simulators. So, yeah, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of interest. A lot of parents will say, I wish this stuff was available. Uh, And I think that kind of brings back to kind of what I feel my job is, is awareness about career fields and different opportunities for students. Uh, For Carnival Schools, one of the things that we're able to do, we are blessed, um, I think, with the facilities that we have and the resources that we have. But what it does is it allows us to remove barriers for students. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the best example I can give is, um, you know, there's the, the big buzzword for CTE and career and technical education is work-based learning. But usually what that means is students aren't able to do that on campus. They're supposed to go out into the community, into these businesses and and get that on-site work-based learning experience. So one of the cool things about our high school specifically is a lot of those experiences can happen on our campus. Uh, so the barrier that might exist, uh, students not having transportation, not being able to go out to these businesses, we remove that as, from the equation so that students can do a school-based enterprise type experience on our campus with state-of-the-art equipment and things like that. So, uh, But yeah, we uh, we hear from parents all the time. I wish this was around. I think that about myself. Teachers, obviously, uh, I think uh, would love to have known about these these opportunities uh, because they actually did exist. They just weren't so readily available like they are Uh, in Carville. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, created quite the buzz without a doubt.
1: Yeah. Brett, tell us about just the demand and rise of this, you know, the technical education over your time, uh, that you've been in here. Like what, what does that look like in your life? And and now what do you see happening?
2: Yeah. So one thing, one of my roles as the career and technical education um, supervisor, I know I kind of go back and forth with supervisor director. The position um, as as named by the state is CTE director. So my role as CTE director is to conduct what we call a comprehensive local needs assessment. Every two years, we basically look at labor market data. We look for high wage, uh, high demand jobs um that also pr- can provide a good living for students or for whoever uh employers or whatever um and we're in the midst of doing that right now so we we regularly look at labor market data at jobsfor tn.gov uh or we also look at uh the um uh, the TSBA dashboard is another uh thing that we look at pretty regularly but what we do is we look at okay what are the de- what's the demand uh, what jobs are out there and then what can we do locally to help fill those needs. Um, And so that's something that we look at on a regular basis. And we hear from industry all the time, especially with the pandemic, um, they're just, the workforce just isn't out there. I think that's pretty widely known. Uh, But before the pandemic, it was an issue with select Mm. career fields, Um, you know, specifically with healthcare, with ag. Um, Just left an ag industry council meeting earlier today where partners were telling us from Helena Chemical, Indigo, uh, telling us, you know, there's just not A lot of awareness out there, and we need people to fill these jobs. Um, mm. and um, but yeah, those are things that that drive the program offerings that we have, and and you know, the adjustments that we make moving forward every year.
0: Uh, tell us about the the aviation uh program that's about to begin and the grant the uh
2: schools were so successful in uh receiving. Yeah, so the uh Carville schools uh was one of the f- only two districts in Shelby in Shelby County in West Tennessee, really. <laughs> Us and Shelby County Schools that received the Innovative High School Models Grant it was a competitive grant. Uh, the um, reward that we or the award we received was for two million dollars to start an aviation program. This will be partnered with TCAT Memphis for the mechanics side of it and then also University of Memphis uh, for the flight side of it. Um, and we are still in the beginning processes of kind of planning that out because it is relatively uh, on this side of the state, not something that, um, exists to be honest with you. Um, in planning for this, we've talked to, uh, even university of Memphis has not issued or done a dual enrollment class with a public institution yet or public school. They're doing them, uh, with a couple of private schools this year. So we're kind of, it's, it's, it's actually a good thing because we can kind of shape it to be what we want it to be. Um, and so working together with them to figure out what that pathway is going to look like for students. um, also, TCAP Memphis with the mechanic side. We're excited about that. There's a huge gap in, in what employers need and what's available. And so being able to provide students that training before they get to that post-secondary institution, that way they get kind of a leg up on others that may not have gone or had the opportunity to go that route. So very excited about the grant. Um, the uh, simulators, like I mentioned earlier, uh, the flight simulators are going to actually be dropped down into the middle school as well. So students can actually get a taste of it in eighth grade. But then when they come to the high school, there'll be the opportunity to take uh, those dual enrollment classes starting in 10th grade, we believe, uh, is where it's going to start. And then 11th and 12th could be those upper level courses for the flight path. And, and same with mechanics. So if,
0: if, a, if a child is in, the say, the 6th or 7th grade and they're looking ahead to their future education, how would, how would that work? Would a, would a student – how would they get into the aviation program? And then I guess there are several paths you can take once you you get into the program.
2: Yeah. So uh, from a middle, middle school perspective, uh, seventh grade is when they'll do their first career interest inventory. Uh, and so that'll give them an idea of, of both what they're interested in based on some Myers-Briggs type assessments that they might take. And we're actually partnering with a new vendor called Naviance this year to issue those assessments. Uh, but they'll do that in seventh grade to kind of guide their course selection for eighth grade. Um, and depending, we do, and we don't really know what the interest level will be. What drives our offerings, other than labor market data, is student interest. You know, we had to have students that want to take these courses, and I have no doubt that we'll have high levels of interest for aviation because it's pretty much like a video game. Today. <laughs> um, but they'll um, they'll basically meet with their counselors and they'll go through and look at um, what how many seats are available, how many instructors we have, and those things, and that's how they'll decide in eighth grade. But eighth grade is kind of the trial run. You know, you're going to have It's actually a part of the STEM uh, eighth grade STEM class and you don't and they actually implement the flight piece of it in uh, the spring of your eighth grade year. Um, And so they'll get a taste of it. And if it's something that they like, then they can, um, uh, you know, for ninth grade, again, it's a dual enrollment class. So they wouldn't be able to take it in ninth grade. But there's those career exploration, career success, student success classes that they can take uh, where they'll do in-house field trips. They'll be able to get a taste of it. Um, in ninth grade, but 10th, 11th, 12th is when they would be taking those courses for mechanics and flight.
0: And when, when the the career assessments that you mentioned taking place in middle school, mm-hmm. is that um, unique here in Shelby County with Collierville Schools? Is that, I mean, that sounds pretty progressive to me.
2: Yeah, it's actually required by the state. Um, all students in either seventh or eighth grade would have to participate in a career and interest inventory Um, So, though it's a requirement, I think the way that we are going to use it is going to be very purposeful um, because we want to make sure that, you know, if you ask a kid what he wants to be right now, athlete, um, maybe, you know, uh, a superhero or, you know, if they're in elementary or middle school, um, but this would give them a more focused approach to looking at, okay, what what is a real profession that I both have an aptitude and interest for? Uh, For example, we're doing eighth grade career, uh, our eighth grade career days in early November at both middle schools. Uh, Students are actually going to take their interest inventories um, the week before fall break, which will be the beginning of October. And so between that and the uh, career days that are going to happen in November, counselors are going to go into classes and they're going to, students are going to take those assessments, those career assessments. They're going to look at their results and then they're going to choose which partners they go and visit on that eighth grade career day based on the results from that assessment. So that part, uh, I feel, is pretty unique to what we're doing in Carville schools uh, when compared to other schools. They're not just taking the assessment. They're actually using those results uh, to kind of figure out what their pathway is going to be when they get into the high school.
1: Wow. I know Mark and I still want to be superheroes. Yeah, yeah, so. nothing, and there's nothing wrong with being yeah. a
2: superhero, but you know, there's not a lot of superhero jobs out there. <laughs>
1: yeah. So what, what will it be like when they go through the program? Are they going to come out with like a pilot license?
2: or? Yeah, so that's a good question. That's what I think every parent wants to know. Will they be a pilot when they graduate? Uh, our job um, is to prepare them to be in a better position to become a pilot when they graduate. So that's the best way. I When parents ask, that's the best way I can kind of put it. There is temporary funding available in our grant to help kids get closer to that for the for the initial two years of that the grant's going to be available for, um, but uh, towards their private pilot license. Um, but there are so many other components to that actual in in air flight hours that they have to get that we're going to partner with CTI in Millington for some of those students to start wow. to start. But it's not something that uh, unless more funding becomes available, that is sustainable long term. With that said, we are purchasing other simulators for the high school. We're purchasing uh, kind of an advanced level desktop simulators and then two, what I call the big boy Redbird simulators, where students can actually sit in those simulators and get flight simulation hours, uh, which helps get them get closer to that PPL uh, license. Um, and so short answer is potentially the first couple of years, there is a chance that uh, students could reach that point where they could get their PPL with the temporary funding, but Long term, we can help them get some of those hours knocked out in high school so they don't have to go through that whole process once they graduate.
1: Wow, that's incredible. We were actually at the, the Millington Air Base last week. Oh, okay. And yeah. Just to see how Collierville
2: can partner with other communities. And yeah. Yeah. They've been, um, they wrote some letters of support for us for this grant. So, yeah, we're that's pretty great. involved with CTI on, on what this is going to look like. Wow. Yeah. yeah.
0: And while Noel and I were there taking the tour, there were actually several students taxiing mm-hmm. around, taking off. Mm-hmm. We could see that they were conducting the lessons out there. So. Yeah. And one thing I didn't mention
2: is there is a drone component uh, to the flight pathway as well. Um, the uh, I think it's a Part 107 drone certification is going to be something that all students would have the opportunity to sit for. Wow. Um, you guys have probably heard, but they're talking about expanding the interior wings of the academic building. Uh, to match those that are on the exterior all the way out to the bus loop. Part of that construction is going to be for this, for flight. Uh, so it's actually going to be built into, we'll kind of, instead of repurposing a room that exists now, we'll be able to build this uh, as part of that new construction. And so whatever the electrical components are, the technical aspects of whatever we need to do, we can, the architects can can shape those classrooms into what we need them to be. Part of that is working towards making the uh Carville High School, the an approved FAA site where students don't have to leave to get their drone certification. Again, removing barriers, they can sit for that certification on our campus because it's an FAA approved site. Hasn't happened yet, but that's the plan working with the, the construction companies, the contractors to uh, make us an approved site so students can can get that drone certification on our campus. What is...
0: For, for those listening and, and and quite honestly myself as well, what what is a drone certification? In other words, what someone hears that and thinks, well, that that just makes you be able to fly a drone better. But that's really not not what's going on. What what are young people going to be doing with a drone once right. they graduate and once they they move on from Cairoville High School? Right.
2: So one of the cool things about um, this grant is it kind of is cross curricular. It goes into our digital agronomy program. Um, which again, thank you to the chamber for that donation. We're in the process of, of getting all that uh, uh, squared away in terms of irrigation and the fencing. Um, but for that particular class, if you have a Part 107 drone certification in the field of agronomy, you'd be able to go out into the field and be able to fly that drone and be uh, more more attracted, more attractive to an employer than otherwise not having that certification. So my knowledge base on what exactly students will be able to do with that drone certification is not as, as big Right now, we're still learning all this stuff because it's so new. Um, but we, we, you know, military-wise, we have a feeling that based on the letter of support mm-hmm. we got from the Navy base in Millington, that they would be uh, – that that would take students a long way if they were to enter the military and already have that certification. Yeah. So those types of things.
0: Surveying, uh, surveying, security, security uh, yeah. mm-hmm. different different things, of yep. course. Yeah.
2: Wow. I'm
1: sure this gets you really excited for the students. Yeah, it
2: is. Uh, I mean, it, it really is something that is unrivaled in West Tennessee that, you know, when we talk about our relationships with industry, with our uh, all the opportunities that students have, it really is unique uh, to West Tennessee and possibly even, you know, bigger than that. I don't want to speak beyond West Tennessee because uh, I don't know what's happening in other states, but um, we feel pretty uh, fortunate to be able to provide all these opportunities for students. They really do have if you have an interest, you name an interest, you should be able to find a pathway at Carville High School that can that can channel that interest into a career. Um, so we we are pretty excited about all those opportunities that are out there for our students.
0: It's got to make your job, as you said earlier, uh, rewarding, but but fulfilling to know that um, you're you're not just graduating students. You're actually when they walk out, they're they're very prepared, confident, prepared. Uh, ready to take the next step. And that's got to be a very fulfilling feeling.
2: Yeah. And and I what I can't wait to see is, um, you know, this is the fourth year of really having all of these. This is the fourth year the high school has been open. And with that opening came all of these opportunities. And so we're just now starting to see those those kids that, that graduated that year one um, to graduate college and kind of see kind of what careers they're going to go out into. And I would love to be able to look at the labor market data in a couple of years and see how many of our students fulfilled some of those open positions that were out there you know and what we can do to bait you know to to better the economy uh, of Carval and, and the greater memphis area as a whole uh and making this a hub of agriculture of flight it already is kind of a hub of flight but being able to to take some of those areas that maybe um have some growth opportunities in terms of industry and, and maybe you know bring those to the forefront with with what we've done to prepare students for the, for the, uh, workforce, uh, but then also make those that exist even more, you know, even better.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. And the impact that'll have down the road for the community. I mean, yeah. we, we talked about, you know, the partnership with the chamber and Helena chemical, uh, that's going to focus on the agriculture education. Yep. What impact do you see the aviation and the agricultural programs doing for the community
2: down the road? So I'm glad this is, uh, am That These things were timed together with the Ag Industry Council meeting I had this morning coming to do the podcast with this question. Um, But, you know, one of the things they really harped on in this meeting, speaking to digital agronomy, the ag program, is that there are so many misconceptions about agriculture that, um, you know, the idea that it's just a farmer on a tractor uh, (laughs) and it's it's just not. Um, There's so many technical components, the drone piece, obviously, the soil testing, um, I mean, they, they talked about carbon emissions being something in the last 12 months has been a huge concern and how the consumer really drives um, what happens in agriculture, not necessarily the agronomist. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, it's, it was some interesting stuff to hear. And without that feedback, I would have never we would never know kind of how to shape this program. So we are pretty excited about the direction that the ag program is going to go um, and all the opportunities that could come about with that donation that that we got and be able to put that farm on campus. Um, with respect to aviation, uh, really, um, f- there is a huge demand for pilots right now, uh, mm-hmm. from FedEx, um, it, it, commercial pilots. Um, uh, I mean, we, we are hoping that we'll be able to, and the other thing too, is speaking, looking at from a town perspective, which I know you guys are, are more focused on town perspective is keeping local talent here. And if we can make, if the school system can prepare students to to fill these roles, then that's going to attract more businesses to this area. Uh, and if it does, then that just makes Carville, the, the the town that it already is, even that much more of a place you want to be. Um, and that's you know, seeing the the huge overarching impact that this could have on the town as a whole will be something that I'll be really interested to see over the next few years.
0: Yeah, and. The business community has really embraced Collierville High School mm-hmm. and has really embraced the uh, career technical education programs. Uh, can you tell us a little about that?
2: Oh, yeah. So we've been working uh, really closely over the last year and a half with our Collierville Partners in Education. And um, they have been instrumental in developing these uh, relationships with industry partners for uh, almost all of our programs. Um, For example, the Ag Industry Council this morning was set up by Pi. Uh, Dave Rylander, Cassie Foote have been instrumental in in making these meetings happen, (coughs) getting everybody that needs to be in the same room, in the same room at the same time to talk about these things. Um, They have really done a lot to, to bring all the people that need to be at the table to the table. And I know it sounds very small, but the feedback that we get from industry really is critical. Uh, we wouldn't know what certifications to offer if it wasn't for industry feedback, what equipment to buy for our programs if it wasn't for industry feedback. And Pi has been um, a godsend in that aspect because they're kind of a a one-stop shop for all of my industry partners that we need to talk to. So if I need to meet with someone, I go to them, they can help set it up and get teachers and everybody else admin in the same room. And it really, really has done wonders over the last year and a half.
0: Well, as you said, that that ability to get feedback from employers about
2: what's needed in the workforce has got to be critical. Oh, absolutely. Again, kind of going back to this meeting this morning, uh, uh, Carville Middle does have kind of a farm uh, garden set up and it looks great and it's fantastic for what they're trying to do at the middle school. Um, But they were adamant that what happens at the high school needs to be a little bit different. It needs to be focused on this, 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 and this. Uh, And, you know, once we get the fencing up and once we get the irrigation run, you know, having them out to kind of uh, facilitate exactly what what crops are going to go here, uh, what cover crop you're going to put there, are we going to grow mums here, what type of irrigation there, they're going to be instrumental in telling us. For example, the 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 very task driven things that need to happen with our programs.
0: And speaking of the the ag program that you were just talking about, the I guess one of the differences uh, moving forward is that a lot of the crops were brought in and then put in a uh, sort of a greenhouse environment and with uh, the new uh, crop area they'll mm-hmm. be able to actually use that as a working grow grow the crops and have that as a actually on-site laboratory
2: oh yeah and so the greenhouse is great um, but you can only do so much in a greenhouse um, and the new again the digital agronomy program is brand new this year we did have upper level, Horticulture science programs, but they weren't quite up to snuff with this class, which is a dual enrollment class at TCAT Covington. Um, but you're right, though the uh, you know, for example, the mums that they would do every year, they would have them brought in and then stored in the greenhouse and kind of kept up that in that fashion. But this is going to be more centered on crop and crop production um, because of uh, it, it is a it is a, a global issue right now, and I think that they kept. Uh, what I've heard from our partners is you know, there are irrigation water issues in California and some of the things that are being grown out there right now are probably not going to be grown there uh, in the foreseeable future coming soon and where are they going to be grown? Uh, and so this is kind of a way to, to, you know, help shift that focus and make and take an, uh, you know, what, what is isn't ideal, but take an opportunity to make Carville, West, West Tennessee, Shelby County, greater Memphis area, kind of a hub, for that, and and to show you that it's not just us thinking about this Shelby County Schools, the grant that they received, Innovative High School Models Grant, which is the same one we got for aviation, they got for AG, and so they're starting um, sort of an AG. I'm, I'm not, I don't know all the details because I don't work for them, but um, they're they're doing something similar, but with with uh, agriculture in terms. I think it was about a million dollar grant. Um, so the same people, Helena Chemical, Indigo, have been giving them feedback on what they need to do with that program as well. So it's not just us. Um, there is definitely a need. Uh, and, you know, we're excited to, to potentially fill that fill those needs. Wow. Yeah.
1: Brett, I mean, your passion for this is felt here with this right now. Where does that come from? I know you, you mentioned the beginning getting an education and uh, you've had a few different roles, but you you seem like you're really loving this this role right now.
2: Yeah, it's uh, it kind of goes back to the first question. It's just rewarding. Um, it's exciting to see students find their path and, and find something that they're interested in. Um, you know, I, I, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be a teacher and a football coach. Uh, and so that's what I ended up doing. So it wasn't, you know, this wasn't something that, um, you know, that I struggled with because I always knew what I wanted to do. Um, but I, you know, we have so, and what I go back to is you, you always hear in education about the smartest kid in the class and the kid that struggles the most. What we don't hear a lot about are those kids in the middle who kind of have an idea of what they want to do. Uh, they kind of get lost in the shuffle. Mm. Our CT programs, while all students have access to them and can benefit from them, I really think that our kids in the middle benefit the most from our CTE classes. Uh, and I can identify with that kid in the middle. Um, and being able to give them a reason to come to school, something to be passionate about, something to care about, it really just provides you know so much benefit to them outside of school. Um and being able to see that on a regular basis through these programs is very, very rewarding. I did not have a CTE background. I never taught a CTE class. So the idea that I'm sitting here doing a podcast about career (laughs) technical education, like, you know, even two years or two or three years ago was kind of, I I would have told you, well, are you sure that's me? Um, But yeah, it's, it's been really rewarding. I've learned a lot over the last few years. It is exciting uh, that, and again, because we have so many opportunities for students that just, if you go to another school in this area that you don't have access to and being able to, to remove barriers for them to participate in these programs, uh, we are, we are pretty blessed that we're able to do that. So yeah, it is, it, that's where the passion comes from. Um, because I think about, you know, my kids, I think about, you know, how does this impact the town as a whole and those things are really rewarding.
0: Well, I'll tell you this, um, talk, talking with you, just, just hearing you talk when I, when I first met you a few weeks ago and since then, uh, you you are inspiring just to sit and listen to you. I can tell that you you love what you're doing. Uh, we are proud of uh, Cairoval schools, mm-hmm. and we're we're proud of Cairoval High School.
2: Well, we couldn't do it without the support of the community. I mean, there's no question about that. we're We're blessed to have that support. Um, and without you guys, none of it would be possible. so
0: well, we, we we we're proud of the schools and we 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 know that investing in ed- education is is a good thing. And we thank you and all of the teachers and staff at the school system for what you do and we thank you for being on our podcast
2: today oh yeah thank you appreciate it yeah thank you
0: and that's a wrap thank you for tuning in to corporate cornucopia this episode was brought to you by our sponsor my town roofing Replacing your roof shouldn't be a hassle. It should be a smooth process done in a timely manner and, most importantly, at a reasonable price. My Town Roofers has thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out at MyTownRoofing.com. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, head on over to www.colliervillechamber.com to access our notes, join the conversation, or leave a good review.